0: This message is brought to you from Kalon Church. We pray that it encourages and inspires you. Well, Boreda, Calon Church. Are you all good? Yeah, that's not speaking in tongues, that's the language of heaven. You know, when, you get to, uh, when we get to heaven, we, we all know we'll be speaking Welsh when we get to heaven, don't we, eh? It's the language of heaven. And didn't it feel like it when we sang uh, those wonderful words? My favourite Welsh hymn, Dumma Gariad tosteri Morroith, Tostiriaithai Ah, what a great... No, that's not me cleaning my mouth out right there. Uh, That is me expressing the wonderful uh, love of God this this morning. So thanks for coming to church this morning on St. David's Day. If you fought floods and everything to get here and all the weather. And if you're joining us online, thanks for taking uh, the time to listen to us um, today. I don't know about you, and uh, if you're joining us online and you don't know the Morgan family and our crazy household... Um, But I have three daughters. Three daughters. Do you want to just pray for me again right now? Oh, Lord. Three daughters. And it's a real fun and games being brought up or raising three daughters. They all have three individual opinions. Don't I know that? They're like their mum and I have all three different points of view and one of the things that always makes me wonder about the grandness and greatness of God is when I look at my three children that largely share the same DNA between me and Ruth and created the beauties that they are clearly more Ruth's DNA than mine and created the beauty like how are they so different? In all the beauty of who they are they are each three different characters with three different ways. They might look alike, but I tell you, if you know them well, they are nothing alike. And my daughter, Fion, the middle one, God bless her, <laughs> she doesn't do metaphors. And she's made that an official statement in the family because, you know, when I turn round to her and would say things to her like, a bird in the hand, Fionn, is worth two in the bush. She would go, what are you on about, Dad? And then my youngest daughter, Sarah, would share with her the wonder of the proverb to say that what you have in your hands right now is far better than something that you would maybe seek for that you don't have in your hand. I mean, how many of you know that the car in the car showroom is not as good as the car that you've got? Because the car that you've got is yours, the one in the showroom you wish you had, right? (laughs) So a bird in a hand is worth more than two in the bush. Agreed? Right. And all of these sayings, like a stitch in time says nine. And we all know all of this, can we? Which is, it's many a small tap that eventually breaks the stone. And there's a phrase that I want to share with you this morning. It's the last words of St. David's. And don't we all know the phrase "famous last words"? Theon, if you're listening in online, you can't join us today, but that's not a metaphor. That is an actual saying. Famous last words, and we say it to one another so often. Do we? Oh, famous last words, there, isn't it? You know, the price of gold is going to go up. Well, we know that's pretty sure going to happen. But famous last words, and we give all one another all kinds of advice, don't we? Famous last words. So I decided to Google that this week, and to see what Google would come up. And I came across this article, and apparently these are the ten most famous last words of different people here. Anybody here know Beethoven's famous last words? Pardon? Sorry? Pardon? Pardon. (laughs) (laughs) Nearly, but we're going to get there in a minute. Beethoven's famous last words were, Friends applaud, the comedy is finished. Interesting, isn't it? Uh, you think that'd be like, more like Rod Gilbert or somebody like that. Yeah. Mary Antoinette. Pardon me, sir. I meant not to do it. Before her head was lopped off. James Donald French. Hey, fellas. And this is a guy that was uh, convicted of uh, murder in the U.S. and put in the electric chair and uh, all of the horror that, that is. But he shouted out to the press gallery. Hey, fellas. How about this for a headline for tomorrow's paper? French fries. Because he was James Donald French, yeah? Uh, Salvador Allende from Cuba. There are my la- These are my last words, and I'm certain that my sacrifice will not be in vain. I am certain that at the very least, it will be a moral lesson that will punish felony, cowardice, and treason. This was a man that instead of... Uh, dying under gunshot in war, decide to fake his own death and shot himself. And he says those phrases, uh, interestingly. Nostradamus. Tomorrow I shall no longer be here. <coughs> Interesting. Humphrey Bogart. I like this one. I should have never switched from scotch to martinis. <laughs> John Barrymore. Die, I should say not, dear fellow, nor Barrymore would allow such a conventional thing to happen to him. Winston Churchill, I didn't know this one. Do you know what Winston Churchill you know out of, we'll fight them on the beaches and all the phrases that he came up with. I'm bored with it all. That's what he said. I am bored with it all. And he died. And then I'll share this last one. I won't jump over them. But the phrase I want to cut to is St. David's last phrases seeing as it's Dewi, i thought i would share with you and uh it was alluded to in the greeting that uh, andrea gave you this morning lords brothers and sisters note that saying at the beginning lords lords brothers and sisters <coughs> rejoice and keep your faith and the creed and do the little things gnewch a bachan do the little things do the little things that you have heard and seen in me. As for me, I shall walk the way which our fathers went. And I don't quite know how that happened, but do you imagine like me? I wonder, does he say, and I shall walk the way my fathers went? he's <laughs> gone. <Me. laughs> <laughs> because something used to happen with a lot of the forefathers of old. You know, I remember my father sharing with me a very, a very famous story of... <coughs> Tom Crossnant and in Wales we name uh, people by their first name and often the places that they live. You know, Tom T. Cornell, which is Tom who lives in the house on the corner. And all these kind of names and Tom Crossnant and Tom Crossnant had gone up, got up that morning and he'd sorted everything out on the farm. And he would came in and he says, said to his wife, I'm going to shave and get dressed. And he said, because people will be coming to see me today. And he went to shave and got dressed into his Sunday best, had his breakfast, went and sat in the armchair, and went home to glory. Like, unbelievable, unbelievable! And I often wonder with some of these of our forefathers that kind of knew that God was calling them home. So, what a lovely subject to talk about in church this morning, isn't it? <laughs> Hey, aren't you glad you came to church for some encouragement this morning as we talk about death together and famous last words? Yes, uh, it's great. Uh, Please don't tell your friends what we spoke about this morning, because we can't have them thinking that we're a church that's all dour and miserable here. Are we a church that's dour and miserable? Absolutely not. So I want to look at the glory that's in this message with you this morning. As he said, Lords, brothers and sisters, did St. David, rejoice and keep your faith and the creed. And do the little things. And as we turn to the scripture. He said you know. Follow my example. Do the little things you have heard. And seen of me. And I want to turn to a similar phrase that can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. If you've got your Bible, turn with it um, this morning with me, but it's here. It's just a simple little verse that can be found in the verse of Corinthians that Paul mirrors this same statement. Or rather, St. David is mirroring the same statement of Paul where he says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And so the title of my message this morning to you is Do the little things. Let's pray. Father God, as we turn to your word this morning, and as we look at this simple verse that contains so many truths this morning, Lord, will you help us to apply it to our lives that in some small way today we might be gloriously transformed to become more like our Savior Jesus. I ask in his name. Amen. Amen. Little things count. Don't we know that? Do you know that little things count? And the reason we know that little things count is that we love it when people do little things for us. We came home yesterday and one of the children, not the fairies, had cleaned the house from top to bottom yesterday for mum and for us that live in the house. How nice is that as a gesture for a child to do? And Mum had posted it on Facebook, Ruth had posted it on Facebook this week, and uh, other people had said, yeah, my daughter does that to me quite often and just sorts the house out and cleans it. And it means so much. So if you're a, a child here, if you're a boy or a girl in church today, maybe this week. Neuchapethai Bachan for you, doing a little thing for you might be, hey, how's about cleaning the house for mum or dad this week? Wouldn't that be a lovely little thing to do? And all the parents are saying, yes, really good. But little things count. Little things done repeatedly, time and time again, count. Let me show you by means of example come on chris aldo come and join me this morning as i share with the church the power of little things here he comes Can you give him a round of applause as chris aldo comes and i don't know how many of you know chris aldo look at this fine physique of a man that he is hey look at that look at the, look, i mean look at look at that go on go on show for it because the reason i wanted you out here okay and not only that, right? These are the best biceps in Wales, right? Watch this. He's going to lift them up and he's going to give you a strong one. Go on, Chris Aldo. Show me. long out it. Look at No, i again. Look it. Whoa. Look at those biceps. Uh, one second. Who's got the cameras out? Get the cameras out. Again. All right. Are we done? Yeah, great. Uh, so the thing is this. Will somebody tell me how do biceps like that Happen. Sorry. Shout out. Come on. Training. Yes. Anybody else? Good diet. Good diet. Yeah, that probably shows the biceps a little bit better. I agree. Anything else? Repetition. Repetition. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Gareth. Uh, thank you, Gary, for coming to church this morning. Um, so, repetition. So, tell me, what is your training regime to get biceps like that? What do you do? How many? I do four, four, uh, four sets of 12 to 15 reps for each exercise. Four sets of 12 to 15 reps on each exercise. So, yeah. how many exercises do you do? Four biceps. Oh, quite a lot, man. I do a lot. Whoa. So, anybody not mathematicians there that could quickly work out? Four out? by 15. Four by 15 bicep. Yeah, keep going. Four by 15. Yeah. So let's just round it all up, right? And say that maybe, what is that? Two and a half, maybe 3,000 reps in a year. How much is that in a year, roughly, do you think, if you were to guess it? That's probably more like 10,000, isn't it? So tell me, as we hold this up here, tell me which... Which repetition made the difference? Number one, or the one in the middle... Or the one at the end that you did what? Yesterday or this morning? Uh, you didn't last right week. Nope. Last week. Oh, he's slacking. <laughs> he's slacking. I thought those biceps are looking a bit on a small side this no, week. No, yeah. So which one? Can you help me answer the question? Which one made the difference? All of them. Gnewch a pethai bachan. Do the little things time and time again. It's just a small thing. Do you know what, guys? you can have biceps just like that too. You can. You've just got to do the repetition. Yeah? Go for it, John. Good luck with that. Thank you. Give Chris a big round of applause. Because little things done repeatedly over time have big effects. There's a Chinese proverb that says every long journey starts with one small step. And all of our... Christian life or all of our business career or all of what you want to seek uh, to achieve in your life is a process of small steps every day. You know, nobody shows up and gives a graduate a PhD just because they showed up on the last day. You've got to, first of all, do your bachelor's and then you've got to do your master's. And then you study and you put your dissertation and all of that work. How many of you have done a dissertation and all the pain of that? Oh, my word. How many words? Oh, oh, painful thing. But it's the simple step every single day that gets a PhD. It's the simple steps every day repeatedly that get you the biceps. So I want to ask you this morning, what simple little things are you doing daily that have big effects some of you here i've got to say you look after your face really well you get all of that moisturizer out and you put it in every morning and every night and it saves you having to iron out your face like i have to to get the creases out and put in polyfiller in uh, to sort the cracks that are there because i have zero facial maintenance going on in my life and so some of you do little things every single day so i want to ask you if we are to live the life that god has promised us if we are to do as saint paul says and we follow the example as i follow the example of christ what is it we should be doing well i want to tell you they are just little things and they can seem insignificant but they are very significant. And the first one is from that phrase that we had from St. David, his famous last words, lords, brothers and sisters, the first thing he says is to rejoice. The first little thing, a pethai bachan, the first little thing we all need to do is to rejoice. Can you do that with me right now? Can you rejoice? (laughs) Go for it. There we are. That's one of you. Yeah? And, and c- can we try it again and this time tell your face? Can we go here? Hey! It's good. Look, look, you're smiling now. How's it? How does it make you feel? Come on, try, crack one out this morning just for me. Go on. Those of you that never, ever smile, try and put a smile on right now. Go just for me. How do you feel when you smile? It is an amazing thing that happens when you find. Do you know it takes less muscles to smile than it does to be miserable? Mm. Try a frown or a smile. Go straight for a smile. It takes less energy, less muscular tension to make that happen. But the th- principle that God is trying to teach us when uh, He talks about this principle of rejoicing, and what does the Bible say? Rejoice in the Lord always, and fantastic. Some of you going back to your Sunday school days, right there. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Gnewch a bachan. Do the little things. So rejoice always. And rejoice again. A repeated. And we've talked a lot in this church over, the, the, over the, the last decade, 20 odd years since the foundation of this church, is to have an attitude of gratitude is the most powerful thing that we can have in our lives. Because we all love people that have an attitude of gratitude. Because we don't like the misery guts, do we? You know the kind of people, the type of person that lights up the room when they leave. Do you know that type of person? Yeah, here yeah, they come again. Maybe Mrs Jones from around the corner. Here she comes again. Oh, my word. And uh, Morning, Mrs Jones. And you put that brave face on and as she, as she comes in. Yes. Yeah. And then off she goes. and oh. And when you close the door and she goes... Oh, isn't it great when she's gone? How many of you know a Mrs. Jones? Yes. But then how many of you know an Ivion Watkins? How many of you know when Ivion when used to come to our door, we used to open it. Bah, Khan, how are you doing, Ivion? used to love it. Because Ivion used to bring, and Pastor Ivion is one of the founders of uh, this church, when he would come, he would always bring a positive spirit. He had so many things he could complain about. Rheumatism and bad back, and you'd never hear him complain because he had learnt. What it was to rejoice in the Lord always. Yeah, but it's easy for you. See, it's easy for you. You know, if you were in my circumstances, you know, it's hard to rejoice. Corrie Ten Boom said, I love this phrase. I used to complain about my shoes until I saw a man with no feet. We all have something to rejoice about. You know, you could be a Liverpool fan this morning and rejoicing that the points gap is growing or you could be bottom of the table. Well, if you're bottom of the table, you've got cause to rejoice because at least you're in the Premier League enjoying the TV rights and everything that come with it. I mean, imagine having to play in the championship, right? It's all a matter of perspective. It's all a matter of having an effective perspective on everything in life. Are you rejoicing today? are you rejoicing you're gonna have a free lunch today at church this morning some cowl for us all to enjoy are you grateful and are you rejoicing and i am and brian is and a few of you and those of you that wish you had biceps like him maybe like enjoying this morning but the first principle here is rejoice a pethai rejoice can you rejoice we be thankful for the things that we have in our life? Because it's easy to be thankful isn't it Elaine, When you're announcing the pregnancy <laughs> Woo! Did you see it on Facebook this week? She's having a baby Yeah, how did that happen Eileen? Oh we won't go into that She's having a baby in a crater. and we could rejoice and everything else like that Oh but James at 3 a.m. in the morning when the baby is crying, you're holding The joy of the Lord will be your strength at that time. (laughs) And I'll tell you that you will learn to rejoice again and again. I say rejoice, won't you? As you are holding the child and then you discover that it was wind all the time, that they didn't sleep and the response of that is all over your shoulder and now you have to clean the baby, clean yourself and everything. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. So look forward to your child uh, when he comes delivered in a packet. And it's easy, isn't it? Gary, to rejoice when you've enjoyed the NHS service and you are back today fighting fit. I don't know if you are aware, but uh, uh, Gary has gone and had heart surgery and they fixed his dicky-ticker and it is now working properly again. You have no idea what that means to him. In God good? Yes. is God good that we live in this country, that we've got such technology available? Talk to him in six months' time and see what it means to him. I mean, you could talk to him this week of how he's already feeling better. But being able to, the giant that he is, nine foot tall, he'll be able to get back to doing the walking and all the things that he's able to do. Rejoice, Gary, despite the circumstances. So when you're up on top of Penavan and you've got another couple of yards to go, at least rejoice in the fact that you might be tired, but at least you can do these things. The small thing I would like you to do this week is be the person that's grateful and thankful. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. And so often we take it all for granted because we don't even count the blessings. We just take it all for granted. So principle number one is to rejoice. And to rejoice in the middle of it all. You see, St. David's was saying, Lord's, brothers and sisters because this is 1400 years ago and the roman empire has fallen and it's a hundred years after that and wales is in turmoil they're fighting the anglo-saxons and the welsh princes are doing what they do best and what some of us do best in wales fight each other oh why do we do that in wales fight each other isn't it Whoever drops the ball as he goes over the try line, we were, we, it's, it's, it's his fault we didn't win. Okay, when we all drop the ball, don't we? No, or you don't drop the ball. Okay, you, if you're a, a man in sinless perfection here this morning that doesn't drop your ball. It's really, really difficult. We all make mistakes, but in Wales it seems to be that we hold grudges more than any other nation. And that's why he's saying lords brothers and sisters is because he was addressing the welsh princes at that time hard to rejoice when you're under that kind of tyranny hard to rejoice in some places in the world i mean how many of us are worried about coronavirus and what's going on right now i mean it's coming close to home at this moment in time is in swansea i don't know is it just a matter of time before it comes to arm and foot quite possibly quite possibly so can we all make sure that we're sanitizing washing our hands and sneezing into tissues is that all right amen to that Know a pethai bachan. Do the little things. Who knows, those actions might actually save your life. So first thing, rejoice. Secondly, keep your faith. It's important to keep the faith. Or oh, in the words of the great theologian, Andrea George Michael, you've got to have faith. You've got to have faith. You've got to have faith. Got to have faith. You see, and if you haven't got faith and you haven't got hope... That is so closely linked to rejoicing. You know, because we can all start to batten down the hatches now, can't we? There's a story told of a woman that didn't go out very often at all. She was scared because there were so many dangers that were outside until she tragically died in a gas explosion that took out the whole street. It's a true story. True story. You see, we're in control of very little. Did you enjoy your last breath? Do you just enjoy your last breath? Make the most of it. Oh, he's given you another one. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, and another one. Isn't it great? All good things around us are sent from heaven above. We just even have our last breath. or Our last heartbeat, Gary, is given from heaven above. So if we do not have faith and do not have hope, what does the Bible teach us? We are of all men most miserable so we've got to have faith and we've got to trust and I know we've got to do all the bits that we can do so with all the coronavirus and all of what's going on please don't lock yourself in the house because if we all did that what's going to happen you're going to be miserable the shopkeepers are going to be miserable the delivery van drivers bringing ASOS deliveries to your house they're going to be miserable everybody's going to be miserable so if we all just carry on as normal rejoice in the Lord have a bit of faith and do the little things that we can do, how much better is that a way to live? Just simply trust in him. So we have got to rejoice. We've got to keep the faith. And he goes on to say the final thing, not just to rejoice, not just to keep the faith, but he says, keep the faith and the creed. The things that we believe the most. Those daily practices or weekly practices or, you know, the whole kind of cycle of our Christian faith. This morning, we had communion. One of the sacraments that's been given by us and given by Christ at the Last Supper saying, do this in remembrance of me until he comes. And those traditions are very, very effective traditions. You see, what they have us do is to take a time of reflection. That's what we had to do this morning. So as we held up the bread and the wine, we had to examine ourselves and we had to reflect. What did you do? Did you do like me? I counted my blessings and I named them one by one. And I said, thank you, Lord, that I'm able to stand here today and come to church and have communion because there are several people that can't make it to church this morning because they're unwell or sick or maybe in solitary confinement from the coronavirus. This is, you know, those are the real situations of life, right? That where people find themselves in. So I can count the blessing that I can come in freedom here this morning and to share communion with you. How precious is that? Keeping the faith, having a rejoicing attitude, but also living out the creed. I hope you pray daily, do you? I hope you pray daily. One of my favourite verses from Psalm five, verse three, that says, "Sir David, that says this: In the morning I lay my requests before you, and wait in humble expectation." That's great, isn't it? Isn't that great? My daughter does that all the day, all the time, when she's ordering with Asos. In the morning, she puts in the order, and then she waits in expectation. <laughs> And sure enough, the knock comes on the door and I'm having to sign another delivery that is coming in from ASOS. And it's that principle, isn't it? We ask, we make requests, and God answers. You know, when we pray, coincidences happen. When we don't, they don't. When we pray, coincidences happen. When we don't, they don't. Follow the creed. Follow the practices of faith. We have communion together. We have fellowship together in our small groups. And if you're not part of a small group and you've decided that you want to make Calon Church here your home, hit our website and get involved in a small group that takes place in the week that people get together and share the experiences that they go through so they can share, gather around God's word and pray for each other in a meaningful small community setting. I hope you follow that creed. I hope you read your Bible daily. Your word, says Psalm 119, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto our path. I mean, how many of you like walking around in the dark? Walking around in the dark is something that we practice in our house i definitely do it because you don't want the light to wake you up in the night how many are people that make it to the you know i'm getting older so the bladder is not as good as it used to be and i have to get up in the night now to go uh, and have a waz i'm afraid (laughs) so so how many of you get up and 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 go in the dark and how many of you turn the light on hands up for people that do it in the dark lovely and hands up those of you who do it in the light ah see this is the verdict that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Yeah, yeah, he's scared of it. But you know, when you're in the dark, oh, and if you've done that where you've kicked something in the dark as you were. oh, now how many of you feel that pain? You know, you're walking past and you're thinking, I'm sure the bed was here. And then, oh, you caught the bed leg. Oh, and it's always the pethai bachan. It's always the little things and it's always the little pinky right and why is that why is little pinky so painful when he gets hit, isn't it? Not vini vinny kender vini vini dapur vini ruku riki rukur on her hen and bach. when you catch the little old man there's a little Welsh poem uh, there for you. It's so so painful to be in the dark. And yet, that's the state of our lives. So often, we have the opportunity to turn the light of God's word onto our lives. That's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And people don't use their torch. You've got it here, Rod Gilbert conversation in infinitive candles. You hear the story of Rod Gilbert where he goes out to buy a torch, and it's this torch has a power. Of a million candles. And it's a great sketch. If you've seen it, go on and see it from Rod Gilbert. But this powerful book has infinitive light for your, word, uh, for your life. And so instead of using the word as a lamp into our feet. And a light into our path. And getting it into our lives in small ways. In little things, little teachings day after day. We decide to what? Well, Leave it on the shelf. Don't use the torch in the darkness. And we complain when we get hurt. Gnewch pethai Let's all of us, as we celebrate St. David today, and as we turn to uh, one another and share time together, let's do the little things. Can we rejoice? Rejoice always. Can we keep the faith and have a hopeful attitude to life? And then finally, can we keep the faith, keep the creed, practice the things that God has challenged us to do? And I promise that God will touch your life in remarkable ways and do a miracle. Because that's why Chan Dewi Brevi is famous today. No, not because of little Britain and a character that lives there. But Llan is one of the places that St. David preached. And St. David was not a tall man. I don't know if he was taller or shorter than me, probably taller. But he was so short that when he was preaching, not all the people could listen. And you can go there today where there is a hump in a field in Llan we And as he shared the good news of Jesus, the ground stood, the ground raised to raise the the ground as he was preaching so he could share with the people. I tell you, follow the life of St. David and expect miracles to happen in your life too. This message is brought to you from Calon Church. If you want to know more, please check us out online at calon.church.